Every vicar has a wedding rescue story. A story about that wedding that nearly turned into a total disaster, but at the last minute was rescued by some miracle. The favourite wedding miracle in my ministry involves an organist, a flower arranger and a mobile phone. It was in the early 1990s, so they were car phones in those days, and it was a miracle if anyone you wanted to phone actually had one. I was vicar of an Essex village with a beautiful medieval church listed in Simon Jenkins' book, England's Thousand Best Churches. It was a big summer wedding, no expense spared. Early on the morning of the wedding, the, the visiting florist arrived. Before any of us realised what was happening, she had erected an absolutely huge green monstrosity between the organ and the choir stalls. When the organist arrived and saw this monument, there was no placating her. She was so enraged. Because of this arrangement, she could neither see nor be seen. She could not see the priest, she could not see the congregation or the choir. So, with 30 minutes to go before the bride arrived, the organist resigned on the spot and walked out of the church. Now, this was a village with a population of less than a thousand, and it was at least eight miles from the nearest town of any size. There were no replacement organists. With great trepidation, I found the groom in the churchyard and explained, not that we had no wine, but that we had no music for his wedding which is when the miracle happened. To my complete surprise, he just smiled. No problem, he said. One of his friends was a fully competent organist and he had been invited to the wedding. And what's more, he had a car phone and it connected to discover that yes, he was on his way and he was on time and all was well. The groom's miraculous friend leapt into action on the organ as soon as he arrived and hardly anyone, including the bride, knew any different until after the service, except the back of the organist's head seemed strangely familiar to some of the groom's friends. So what about the story of Jesus at the wedding in Cana? Is it just the most amazing example of a wedding rescue story like the one every vicar can tell? Well, of course, we don't need to approach St John's Gospel as if it is a literal and historical narrative. The author of the Gospel has not written this Gospel to amaze or amuse us. He has a different purpose and he tells us what that purpose is in chapter 20. These signs are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. St. John's Gospel then was written to show its readers that Jesus is the one to put your trust in for life. The message of this Gospel is about Jesus Christ. He is the one who not only changes water into wine, but can also change our lives. With Jesus there is a completely new and wonderful relationship with God and with other people too. This is a relationship based on grace, which is the undeserved blessing and favour which God has for us. In Christ and in the community of Christ, 
we can live in total acceptance, forgiven by God. And so in the Christian community, we have the freedom to accept one another and to forgive one another because each one of us is accepted and has been forgiven by God. So the changing of the water in the wine symbolizes how Christ has changed human life for good. Life has a new basis, a new ground, a new matrix for us to grow from. We are no longer alone and threatened by the universe. Instead, we are deeply grounded in the inexhaustible love of God for us, which is the heartbeat and the destiny of our lives. In a way, the wine in this story symbolizes God's spirit, God's presence, God's power in the world, the Holy Spirit. The water might symbolize our human energies and gifts. Because of Jesus, we've been given the Holy Spirit, which transforms our gifts and energies towards bringing the enjoyable wine of the peace and the joy and the love of God into our lives, our families and our communities. Now the event when we as Christians come together to celebrate and to give thanks for Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit and to pray for the coming of God's kingdom is this event, the Holy Eucharist, where we offer our energies and gifts to God, share in the body of Christ and receive the Holy Spirit to renew us. This story then of the changing of the water in the wine refers us to the Eucharist where we continue to share in the body and blood of Christ. In the Bible, wine is always a symbol of the fullness of joy and the Eucharist is a kind of feast. And in the Bible, a feast, often a wedding feast, is symbolic of the fulfillment of God's purposes in his community of peace and of freedom from sin. In the Eucharist, we have a symbolic foretaste of God's com kingdom community of joy and peace. In the church, we must seek always to let our life as a community be filled and led by the Holy Spirit so that the character of God's community of peace and joy is revealed. We do not always succeed, I need hardly tell you, being frail and fearful humans as we are. And so we need to rely on God ever more deeply to be the kind of community we can be, changed by the miracle of Christ for us as the water was changed into wine. The Eucharist, this Eucharist, when wine is poured and shared, becomes for us God's feast for his people, a feast of forgiveness and grace given when Christ died for us. As we go forward in 2019, most importantly, let us ask for the Holy Spirit to infuse us as a community more and more with the wine of peace, healing, acceptance and joy. I need hardly remind you that we are living right now in a society which is very divided in its views and perspectives, divided about the identity of our country, who our best international partners should be for future flourishing, what our future direction should be, how best to run the economy. And these are all strongly held views. The country and parliament are divided. And our church and our local community are also bound to reflect the, the, the same differences of opinion. 
Also, within the church community, globally and um, reflected even within our own diocese of Oxford, and in our own deanery area, actually, there are also divisions on ethical issues as well as political ones. And the most prominent ethical issue is human sexuality, whether intimate same-sex relationships, same-sex marriages may be blessed by the church and fall within the purposes of God and God's grace. And for some of those who disagree with same-sex marriages on religious grounds, it is more than a simple ethical issue. It is about who may be considered as being saved and welcomed into God's community of peace and freedom. In all of these divisions of opinions and aspirations as to the way forward, both for our country and for our church, those of us who have faith in the love of Christ must seek his peace and his acceptance in our lives and communities. We must not lose sight of that promise and always seek the Holy Spirit's power to change what threatens to be a disastrous outcome into a new and even better result so that we may say that the good wine has come in the end. As Jesus made a difference at the wedding of Cana, so he will make a difference in our community, in our life together, and each of our own lives, we pray. Amen.